Jesus once told a story um, in the Sermon on the Mount. He said that, that we are the light of the world. And he said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And he, said, he goes on, he says, neither does a man hide his light under a bowl, but, but he, he puts it on a lampstand and he makes so there's light for the whole room. And he goes on, he says, let your light so shine upon men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, we're beginning a series this morning um, entitled Generosity Illuminating the Gospel. You know, when you notice... You know, whenever light comes into a dark room, darkness has to go away. Because darkness cannot be where there is light. And as believers, we are called to shed light, to illuminate the gospel. And Jesus said here in the Sermon on the Mount that men may see our good deeds. And our good deeds, I think, are our generosity. And the series is entitled, Generosity, Illuminating the Gospel. In the Hebrew language, when you go in the Old Testament and you see that word generous or generosity, like in Proverbs it says, a generous man will prosper. Well, that word generous means to saturate with water or to give to overflowing. And so it gives the idea here, you know, water is a source of life. And, and so it gives the idea here that generosity brings life. And when you look in the Greek in the New Testament, this word generous that we're looking at, it means ready to distribute. It has to do with availability. Where things and time and talents and treasures are at our fingertips just ready to give away. To give to the right person at the right time so that we can be a blessing. And in the process, we illuminate the gospel. We show people who Jesus is through our generosity. And this morning, I want to introduce you to a, to a group of people that were very generous. If you would, turn with me to, to 2 Corinthians Chapter 8. And the group of people that I want to introduce to you to is, is the, the Macedonian church. And just a little bit of background to this, to this text. This is 2 Corinthians. This is Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth. And when Paul had been there earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he says, Now about this collection for God's people... Do what I told the Galatian churches to do on the first day of the week. Each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. In other words, Paul said, look, do, get your weekly offering, bring them to the church, and then when I come, it will be prepared for me. And so this letter in 2 Corinthians is a reminder to them that he's coming. So he sends this letter ahead. And the money that was being received was for the church in Jerusalem that was struggling, that had come on hard times. So what he's saying, he hopes that when he arrives, it will be, a, it will be prepared. 
And he uses the example of the Macedonian church to encourage the Corinthians to be generous. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. He says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of their severe, most severe trial, their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints and they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then, in keep, in, and then to us in keeping with God's will. So the first thing that, that Paul is wanting to make sure in verse 1 is, is, look, he's not trying to glorify the Macedonian church or to, or to, to illuminate the, the, the Macedonian church. He says, it's by the grace that God has given them. So he's shedding light on God saying, look, God has given the Macedonian churches this ability and this desire to give. God has empowered them to give. It's not them on their own, but it is through being empowered through the grace of God that they were able to be generous. So he makes sure that he doesn't illuminate the Macedonians, but that he illuminates our Heavenly Father. Then he talks about their, their generosity as being, it was sacrificial giving here. You know, they didn't just give because they had plenty, but he says that it was out of their, and, and this verse has so many highs and lows in it. It says that out of their severe trials, their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty welled up. This rich generosity. Now, how incredible is that? That although they were extremely poor, they were living in poverty, yet despite that, they were overflowing with joy. You know, they were suffering the most severe trials. And yet here these people had this intense desire to bless someone else, to be generous. And so their giving was very sacrificial. In fact, Paul said they were begging us to give. They were begging to be generous. And yet they were dirt poor and, and they were going through some hard things. So, so giving, their giving, these Macedonians, was very sacrificial. But he, say, he goes on, he says, but their generosity followed their commitment to the Lord. Notice that he says, in, in, they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. First and foremost, they committed themselves to the Lord and then to us, now, and then to the church in keeping with God's will. So they were able to give sacrificially to be generous because they had given themselves first to the Lord. 
You see, because when, we, when I give myself to the Lord, when we give ourselves to the Lord, then giving him our stuff isn't a problem. In fact, when I give myself to the Lord, then I recognize that, that everything that I have, all my stuff, is really his. But I have to first give myself, like the Macedonians, I have to give myself to the Lord. I have to give my plans. I have to give all of my hopes and dreams and everything I give to him. I commit to him. You see, it is impossible for us to love God and ignore the needs of other people. It's impossible for me to love God and not be generous and live my life with an open hand to help those in need. You know, Jesus, when we think of his life, he's the example that we follow, and, and he gave himself. He gave all of himself. He gave sacrificially. And so when I look at him, how can I do any less than, than give all of myself to the Lord? Now, if you notice, it goes on, you know, Paul is very conscientious. He avoids commanding these people to give. And, and he wants them to give because he, the reason he wants them to give is a generosity that, 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 is, that is driven by love. I love the way Paul puts this. You know, he says, I urge Titus since... He had earlier made a beginning to bring this to you, but then he goes on, he says, but just as you excel in everything, remember in 1 Corinthians, Paul um, commends the Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, about all of their spiritual gifts and everything that they have and everything that they do. But then he says, look, just be, but just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see to it also that you excel in this grace of giving. You know, don't just practice uh, knowledge and, and, and all of these other things, faith and speech, but excel in your grace of giving. Now he says, I'm not commanding you, but catch this. But I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Now, isn't that interesting? Paul says, look, because I always thought we weren't supposed to compare ourselves with other people. Paul says, I want to challenge you by comparing you with the earnestness of the Macedonian church. I want you to look at them. I want you to look at their example. And he says, for you know, in verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So Paul goes from talking about the Macedonian and, and, and how they gave to giving the example of Christ's generosity and how Christ's generosity was very sacrificial. 
You know, although he was rich, although he was the creator of the universe and he had everything at his fingertips in heaven and he had, he lived this royal life, he, everything was perfect where he was at. And yet for our sake, it says he came and he made himself poor. Why? For us. He was rich in every way. He had it all. And yet he was willing to sacrifice everything for our sake. He sacrificed everything, including his life, for me. And so how can I do any less than what Jesus did? He is the example of our need to be generous. In 2 Corinthians 5.14, he says, For Christ's love compels us. Now let me ask, does Christ's love for you and what he did for you compel you to be generous? To live a life that, 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 that is open-handed, that desires to serve other people? You know, does his, does his love compel me? To be generous. Because Christ's love was sacrificial. And Christ's love was also his generosity glorified his father. That's what Jesus came to do. To, to illuminate the father. To bring glory to the father. In John 17 verse 1. It says Jesus looked up towards heaven. He said father the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. You see, Jesus was generous. Jesus sacrificed his life for us, yet so that his Father could be glorified. We are generous so that the gospel is illuminated, so that Christ is glorified. Does my life reflect that generosity? So we see the example of the Macedonians and how they give, gave. We see the example of Christ and, and how he gave. And now what is the result of this generous kind of living? Well, if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 then, we see, first of all, we see generosity is inspiring. Generosity is inspiring. And, and I find it interesting that, that Paul tells the Corinthians that, that their desire to give was, was inspiring to the Macedonians. If you look at, at verse 2, he says, Now I know the, your, your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were, were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. And so our generosity inspires others to be generous because, because it is inspiring to see other people that are generous. And so as we are generous, we challenge other people and encourage other people to be generous. You know, when I look around this church, I see lots of very, very generous people. I see people that, that have given a lot of their material possessions. That's why we're able to have a beautiful building like this. 
I see people giving of their time. That's why we are able to, to, do, a, to do a children's ministry and youth ministry and women's ministry and men's ministry and all of these things. You know, this morning there were about 80 people that, that it took to to make this morning happen because people are generous with their time in serving in the coffee shop and greeting people as they come in and doing all sorts of things, cleaning, mowing the yard because people are generous and, and in giving of their time and, and that's why we're able to do it. And that inspires me. And it should inspire you as well. It should inspire people in the church to be willing and desiring to serve as well. And I'm afraid so often that, that, that we get so hung up on this consumer mentality. I believe this consumer mentality is, is exactly opposite of a, of a generous spirit. You know, consumer mentality says, what can I get for the least amount of money? What, what, what can I get out of this? And, and this, this, you know, we go to Walmart because that's where the best deals are. We go to Amazon and we look to see where the best deals are at because, because it's about me and me wanting to get the best deal out of everything. And, and the thing that, that concerns me is that, that we have taken that consumer mentality into the church. Or it's, what can I get? Where can I go that they have the best children's ministry or, or that my youth are ministered to or, or where I can get a good worship time? Where can I go so that I can get? And we don't ask, where can I go so that I can serve? Where can I go so that I can be generous? Do you come here on Sunday mornings or do you throughout the week think, how can I be generous to illuminate the gospel? How can I be generous here so that I can do my part? How can I be generous so that my neighbor sees Jesus? Or is it all about what can I get? And we have to get away from this consumer mentality of what's in it for me. And we have to think about how can I be like the Macedonian even though I am going through hard things, even though I may be in poverty, although things are hard, I am still going to serve. Because I am inspired by many of you who, who serve diligently, who give sacrificially, because you illuminate the gospel. People see Jesus in you. Because you see, what happens then, Paul goes on, he says, God will bless your willing generosity. You know, God blesses our giving. Now, I want to be careful, and we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. Where the more you give, the richer you will be. And if you give enough, you'll have a big house and you'll be healthy and you'll have all this stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But let's listen, see what Paul says to the, to the Corinthians here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
And God is able to make all grace abound in you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, this comes out of um, Psalm 112. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed and the sower and the bread for food will also supply the increase, supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What well, Paul is saying, look, if, you're, if you give what has been given to you, because remember, nothing we have is ours. Everything I have is a blessing from my heavenly Father. But he's given it to me so that I can be generous with it, so that he can be glorified. See, it's not about, it's not about me. I haven't been given for, just for me. I haven't been given so that I lavish on my own life. And so often I see us, I see us giving, being tempted to give out of our plenty, sort of giving the leftovers of, of what I have so that I can feed my own desires. Turn with me to Malachi. Let's go to the book of Malachi. Because you know, this happened in the Old Testament, you know, this happened in, in, in Malachi gives this blistering rebuke because the people weren't willing to give their best to the Lord. In Malachi chapter 1, Malachi says, How I wish you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. And we'll find out a little bit why he doesn't accept their offerings. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning until night. All around the world they offer sweet incense and pure offering in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This is in the New Living. But you dishonor my name with your actions by bringing contemptible food you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table you say it's too hard to serve the Lord and you turn up your noses at my command says the Lord of of heaven's armies think of it animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are are being presented as offerings should I accept from you such offerings as these asks the Lord Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from the flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord, for I am a great king, says the Lord of heaven, and my name is feared among the nations. What was happening here is, is the people this time were bringing their, their crippled animals, their, their animals that, that were less than perfect because they couldn't use them for anything else to be sacrificed. And a sacrifice, an animal to be sacrificed had to be perfect. There could be no blemishes. And so the people were bringing, they thought, well, I'll, as long as I bring something, the Lord should be pleased. But he says here, I want your best. 
And if you can't give me your best, don't give me anything. I want the best that you have. But then he goes on and he gives a promise to those who do give their best. In Malachi chapter 3, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how did we rob you? He says, in tithes and offering. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you robbed. Then he goes on. In verse 10 he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see I will not see if I will not open up the floodgates of the heavens and pour out such a blessing that you do not have enough room for it. In other words, look, if you bring your, your best, I will bless you beyond anything you could ever imagine. You see, when we give the Lord our best, he will bless us. Now, I'm I'm not saying this morning that if you give, then you will become rich financially. But when you give, when you give your best to the Lord, you will receive a blessing. It's promised in Scripture. So God will bless our generosity. You know, God blesses us materially not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. He blesses us so that we can be generous. So that the things that we have at our fingertips, we can offer to other people. Because what happens when we do that is that this generosity that we have, it illuminates the gospel. It brings glory to God. And and Paul reminds in 2 Corinthians, here's what he says at the end in, in in verse 9. He says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. Do you catch that? You will be made rich. You will be given so that you can be generous. In every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the services by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of faith in the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them in every way. Do you catch those three things that he says? When you are generous, it says our good deeds will shed light on the gospel and, we'll, and people will praise our Father in heaven. It results in thanksgiving to God. When we illuminate the gospel through our generosity, it results in thanksgiving to God. He is glorified. It results in, in expressions of thanks to God. 
And then he says, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Men will praise God because we are generous. That's illuminating the gospel. And that's what I want us to do, to illuminate the gospel through our generosity. You know, this morning we sang one of the first songs was, Take my life and let it be, all for you and for your glory. Now that's an easy song for us to sing, but is that the reality of my life and how I want to live my life? And do I live my life in such a way where I say, take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory? Am I living my life that way? You know, am I really being generous? Is my generosity, is the way I'm living my life illuminating the gospel? Is the way I live my life making Jesus famous? Because that's ultimately why we are here to glorify him, to make him famous. And my prayer that, that throughout this series is that, that we would take this journey of generosity together, that we would wrestle with what it means to be generous, and that as families we would sit down and talk about what it means to be generous. You know, how can we be generous? How can I be generous? How can I show my neighbor generosity or the person that I go to school with generosity? How can I illuminate the gospel? So as we go through this series, that's my prayer is that together we could take this journey. That we could have this missional mindset of always looking to see how we can be generous. You know, something we forgot to do this morning is, is we have a, a really good 30-day generosity devotional that, that, that everyone's put together. And, and this morning as you're going out the doors, we'll have it at the back. Um, I'll make, we'll make so it's out there. And pick one up on the, on the way home. This is a way that, that you as a family or you as an individual can, can every day be be thinking about and, and be fed um, with, with ways that you can be generous. Studying this thing of generosity. And, and, and dads, I want to challenge you. You know, as, as you go home um, throughout the week, over dinner or whatever, let's talk about generosity. Um, you know, for, 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 um, for all of us. You know, whatever your, your, your family situation is, um, sit down and take time to talk about what is generosity and how will I illuminate the gospel through my generosity. Let's stand. Father, we praise you this morning for, for providing for all of our need. Lord, for giving us so that we can give back. For giving us so that we can be generous. So that you can be glorified. And my prayer this morning is that, that as a body, we would wrestle with what it means to be generous. As people, we would wrestle with and, and, and rightly evaluate ourselves in what it means to be generous. 
And Lord, that the people at the Fairlawn Mennonite Church, the people that walk out of this door this morning and, and, and go to, to their places of, of influence, Lord, that we would intentionally look for ways to, to be generous and that our generosity would illuminate the gospel, that our generosity would make Jesus famous. And I pray that you would empower each person here through your Holy Spirit to be bold, um, to be courageous, to be loving, and to be kind. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.